Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. My name is Trey Kaufman. And through these conversations, I get to share how I and others have designed the lives we've always wanted to live. As you're listening to this episode, don't forget to leave a five-star review in either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Your support helps the podcast continue to grow. My guest today was such a delight to speak with, and as I went back through the episode to edit and take notes, I realized how much of an impact our conversation together has already had on my life in the two or so weeks following its recording. I've caught myself recently allowing myself to get away with having a fickle temper, knowing part of the reason for that was a lack of patience, which I attributed to the fact that I hadn't meditated since well before the new year. I took some of Lisa's advice from this episode and have meditated more days than not since we spoke and have undoubtedly seen positive results. And in addition to the meditation, I've found myself this year striving for more in a number of areas many of which will take significant effort and hours of work or study. This isn't language you'll typically hear me use, but I've needed help focusing where to place my attention, and Lisa helped me to realize that in order for me to manifest success, I need to see what I want every single day. So call it manifestation, visualization, or just constantly being bombarded by your goals. It's important to keep them in front of you so as to not lose sight of them. Lisa Tahir is a licensed therapist, host of All Things Therapy podcast, and author of The Chiron Effect, healing our core wounds through astrology, empathy, and self-forgiveness, endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama. My conversation with Lisa was invaluable, and I'm excited to share it. Please welcome my guest, Lisa Tahir. Lisa, how are you? Trey, I'm well. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm so excited to talk. It's um, I, well, I should say it's a it's a sunny day. I can't say it's a beautiful day because it's cold out here. But uh, I'm I'm just I'm I'm thrilled uh, that we're ha- we have the chance to connect today. I am too. Where are you located? I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Um, did you? I think we spoke before. You said you were in New Orleans. I'm in New Orleans right now. Yes, and it's beautiful and sunny. That's why I was curious <laughs> where you are. And I also live yeah. in Los Angeles. Oh, that's awesome. So two, uh, two beautiful climates. I, I've been to New Orleans, I think once. It was actually for an Ohio State Bowl game, and yeah, cool. I very much enjoyed my time there. I'm glad you did. It's such a fun city. Yeah, it is. It was, it was it's really cool to experience the, the nightlife in particular. I think, was it, it's a bourbon street where everybody goes out and, and parties. And Yes, you got it. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I remember we uh, we had uh, we had fun. We went to a dueling piano bar, which I think is probably uh, par for the course. Uh, for I, I think you probably go into just about any bar there and get something exciting. It was, it was just a ton of fun. I'm so glad you had fun here. It's a really great place to live. Yes. Well, yeah. I know. I'm 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 thrilled to have the chance to speak. Um, I, I I love the work you're doing. You 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 podcast as well, correct? Yes, I've had All Things Therapy podcast for six years and 286 weekly episodes. Wow, congratulations. Thank um, you. That is no small feat. 
I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very, I, I hope to, to still be in as good of spirits as you are when I get to that point. Um, it's, it's very, it can be very much a hustle, but at the same time, if you take, I think if you take your own personal creation, your, the conversations you get to have and, you know, apply them to your life and really gain benefit from them at just, you know, without, without just creating for the sake of creating content, you can get a lot more value out of it. That's, that's how I've been able to squeeze as much value is actually taking these conversations and instilling them in my own life. And I noticed that in listening to the Mosaic Life podcast, that your questions are thoughtful. It's obvious that you care about what you're doing and the guests that you're speaking with. So I really appreciate being on today with you and getting to know you a little better as well, Trey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, since we're, we're talking about podcasting, what have your experiences been? I mean, have you have you utilized uh, the platform to help grow up professionally? I mean, when you actually, when you have conversations with, with folks, I mean, are you taking it and applying it to your everyday life? I guess, I don't know. I'm always curious to talk to podcasters about their motivation for doing so. You know, that's a really good question. And I approach my podcast in two ways. The The mission is to change consciousness one conversation at a time. So I personally select guests that are either doing things that I love and really resonate with me already, or they're new and different and something that I'm really curious about and I want to expose my listening audience to their work as well as myself to incorporate it in my own life. So in that way, I feel like I'm always growing and learning while at the same time affirming and and just reaffirming things that are already important to me in my life and just wanting listeners to to just take it all in, whatever relates to them. Since we all learn in uniquely different ways, I just love sharing information. Oh, I, I love that. And I so respect that. And I the I, I think the first thing you said, I don't know if it's your tagline or if it's just something you like to say in relation to your podcast, but changing consciousness, consciousness either one conversation or a listener at a time. I, I think that's such a noble pursuit. Um, you know, from the little time we've gotten to speak together, it's clear that you are living your very best life. And I, I, I know that sound can sound kind of trite and cliche, but when you when you're actually able to instill it and you, you, you feel good all the time because you are only allowing positive influences in your life and you're, you're actively trying to remove the negative ones. I mean, you really do feel like you're living your absolute best life and you really want to be able to share that messaging with people who are looking to improve or maybe they are just looking to make small changes in their lives. And so, I don't know. I mean, it's it can be it can be so powerful to have somebody reach out to you and say, Hey, this episode made a difference in my life. And at the same time, you want to be able to share that message with others, but you, it's hard to reach people who aren't necessarily, necessarily at that point in their lives. So I don't know. I just, I, I like always trying to put positivity out there and, and help other people when they find it right for them. I mean, do you, do you feel like you've shared that experience and that, you know, you, you can help other people, but maybe sometimes they're just not ready to hear that? You know, I like where you're starting this conversation, Trey, with this notion of living our very best life. And for me, what I've come to learn yeah. about that, because I've heard it so much on other podcasts, in books, on social media, you know, what does that really right. mean? And what I've come to learn and start to embrace yeah. in my personal life is that is a choice every day that it's it's my choice yes. to wake up and choose to 
believe, to feel, to reach for living my very best life. Some moments it's here, it's happening, like I'm in it and it's like a yes. And other times I wake up and there's something on my heart or on my mind and I don't quite have clarity or the solution yet. And I still choose to align with universe i'm i'm choosing this to be the very best day of my life even yeah. with x y and z going on i know there's a solution and i i choose to align with the solution versus with the problem because they are two different levels of creation the as einstein said that they're two literal energy vibrations the problem and then the solution and when we choose to align with the solution that we might not know yet or have yet, it opens these unseen doors of opportunity and and information to come our way. It might be through a podcast you're led to listen to or someone you run into at the grocery store, but the universe starts to align things. And so even, because in honesty, I don't necessarily, you know, wake up every day feeling like, oh yeah, like this, this is my best life ever, but I choose the first thing in the morning when I meditate, you know, like... I intend this to be the best day of my life. And I just ask for guidance yeah. and assistance. And I feel good about that every day, truly from a deep emotional place in my body. And I just let myself do what's needed, what I'm available for each given day. And I offer that to our listeners because it's important to not feel like you're missing out or doing less than the person next to you or, you know, like just to really be authentic with what living your best life is and each day, you know, asking for that. And I'm wondering what you think about what I'm saying, Trey. I could not agree with you more. And I I really love the aligning with the solution, not the problem, because you can, like you said, you can wake up and just, you can feel off. I mean, it, I, I can't put it into words, but you can wake up and you can feel off one day, but you can be confident in yourself that throughout the day, you will give yourself the best opportunity to rectify whatever, whatever feels off, you know, yes. for the longest time, I, 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 I've uh, I've felt like you know things just kind of tend to work out. I mean, it, I know that 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 feels really weird and high level to say, but as I kind of explored why that was, I've realized that it was through the personal training and development and meditation and being mindful of my surroundings and my thought the thoughts in my head and my feelings that that has kind of led itself to allow me to find those solutions and align myself with the solutions as opposed to dwelling on the problems. And I think that's very, very important to distinguish between the two. And Trey, that's this topic is what I love talking about, thinking about, sharing with others about is it really is what are we exposing ourselves to? And I've been researching and studying the new thought movement for the last year with certainty and intention. And it's really about aligning our mind with what's called universal mind, infinite intelligence. And it's it's the energy that it's the intelligence that built the pyramids that have been involved in all the greatest inventions and inventors. And it's like, you know, the, the feelings you get, your emotions are a guidance system. And we're led 
to what we desire, but sometimes we might override it because of what other people think about what we should do or what we think is is true or, you know, like try not to go too far outside of the yeah. box for comfort. And just when you really start to reach into and ask yourself, who am I living for? And ask yourself that regularly. I think it's going to bring you some important information to help kind of steer your course gradually. You know, it's hard to make the sudden like 180 shifts, so you might feel led to, but we can kind of steer ourselves down our path by asking, who am I living for? And what do I really want? And then who does that require I become? And it's in the area of our thoughts. What do I need to think to become this person, to have this experience, to manifest this dream? It's in the area of our thoughts that we change first. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that makes me kind of realize um, or think about a realization I had somewhat recently. You know, I've been in, in and out of a lot of relationships, both intimate and, and platonic, you know, friendships, all sorts of relationships throughout my adult life or even, you know, prior to that. And only recently have I realized that the, and it, it, it can sound very, very cliche, but until you really start to internalize it, the most important relationship to me is my own with myself. And that's, mm -hmm. that is, that doesn't mean I can't have a strong relationship with one with somebody else, but I have to put myself first so I can understand what's best for me, what's best for my own happiness, contentment, and well-being. And then if I can, from there, I know how to align myself with somebody else who might share those same attributes. And then we can kind of feel, or I guess, you know, walk, walk, uh, walk the path of life together. Um, again, that kind of sounds woo-woo-ish, but when I realized that I have to come first in, in that order of operations. That's when I was finally able to stop comparing myself to others and really focus on what brings me joy. Absolutely. You're, what, you're, what I hear you saying is giving from more of your overflow versus from depletion. And we can all kind of right. will things out. We can all kind of like make ourselves and air quotes do things, but it's not very satisfying. And you might momentarily check that off of your to-do list or to-be list, but you're going to kind of be behind the eight ball, so to speak, instead of maybe changing some of your engagements, some of your commitments, so that they really reflect what you need to fill yourself first. I call it your own love tank, to fill your own love tank and and really give yourself what you need to be fully present. So you're involved and engaged in what you've committed to, and you're really there in mind and body and spirit, not wondering, oh my God, when is this over? Or I have to leave in 15 minutes. Like to, It helps you cultivate more presence, which is where we feel our happiest, when we're able to be in a moment and like be there fully. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, for me, and I think you mentioned meditation as well. That's just, it's, I, I wish I was more consistent with it, but I, I can feel when I'm, when I'm actually sitting consistently for 20 minutes a day, it can be even less than that. But when I'm actually doing it and not counting down the moments until I hear the chime indicating that it's over, I, I feel so much more at peace throughout my day. Uh, you know, anecdotally, the last month or so, maybe it's the winter, maybe it's the lack of daylight. I don't know, but I've just, I felt myself on edge and being, 
irritated by the smallest of things. And I, I knew why that was. It's just because I, I was having more of a knee-jerk reaction to things as opposed to actually responding to things thoughtfully. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's become an issue for me. And I'm, I'm trying to get back to a place where I was previously. But in relation to a love tank, you know, what do you do personally to you know, maintain that or to, I guess to fill yours to make sure that you're in a place where you can show up for yourself and others every day? You know, Trey, what, what strikes me first to say is when you just said you're trying to get back to where you were at that moment or that time and place in your life, I would encourage you release yeah. that lovingly. You know, we're new every day. We're different every day. And that moment you had in the past is back there. And it's about creating now just a space of calm and peacefulness for yourself to set that timer and in the morning, if you can, I have learned to first thing in the morning when the alarm goes off and I, if I snooze or not, get up, pour a cup of coffee. My phone is still on airplane mode. It's on silent. It's on silent and airplane mode because I don't want all the Wi-Fi stuff like, you know, right. connecting with my energy field yet. And I will set a timer for, say, five minutes and just sip on my coffee, close my eyes and say thank you for a new day and just take those first few moments and as much quiet as you can find and just really breathing and asking for guidance from the universe, from whatever, whoever you believe in, be it spiritual, religious, or nature, science-based, for example, and just take those first moments of the day to really be with this new day and asking for especially the guidance the the direction, the people, places, and things to align and really collaborate with you and cooperate with you that you're a cooperative component to your own desires. And when that timer goes off, if you have more time, certainly meditate longer in that space. But if not, you've shown up for yourself that first few minutes of the day, and it's going to change your life. I promise you, if you do that consistently, the things that show up are just going to be effing amazing. <laughs> I so appreciate you sharing that. And that's such a valid point. I, I, there's, there's absolutely nothing I can do to change my past. All I have right now, or my, obviously right now, my, my present and how I can affect the outcome of my future. And so I, 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 sitting down just for five minutes without, you know, without engaging with my phone or computer, any of that is just, it is, yes, it is, it is absolutely transformative. And I, I, I will, I will build that habit back up. Um, and I very much appreciate you sharing that. And I, I like the fact that uh, previously we had spoken about you helping people step into their lives and into themselves. And it sounds like, I mean, this sort of conversation is kind of how you generally help people do that. I mean, what does that look like for you when you're working with people to help realize what that even means for them? It, it is much like, Trey, what we're doing. And I also notice, and just since it's you and I conversing with the the, the judgments towards yourself, that you might have been beating yourself up a bit, I sense, that you've kind of, that practice yeah. might have slipped a bit. And the self-forgiveness piece is just so important for you to forgive yourself, that it's okay that that practice you know, dwindled off momentarily. A moment is just a snapshot in time that is moving. And to really forgive yourself, let it be okay that that practice changed because you've been handling life. You've been doing things that are awesome. And so I think to really forgive ourselves, the 
for the layers of judgments that we've held against ourselves, thinking that makes us better. It actually just makes us feel kind of crappy about ourselves. And that's not, you know, that's not going to help you live your best life. And my book having to do with self-forgiveness and finding empathy for ourselves is really the starting point for how we're able to forgive others, which there's a lot of talk about. But I invite you to start with forgiving yourself, really looking at the things you've judged yourself for and learning from those moments that you make sense in the context of your experience and whether you know you did something or said something or didn't do or say something that you wish you would have. Life is going to give you so many more opportunities. So it's just really, okay, I see that. I see what I would have liked to have done differently. And I'm going to be more aware of that. And meditation can help you cultivate that self-awareness and help you put a buffer of time between, you know, it's the difference between being responsive to someone or something and being reactive. And you want to cultivate muscles of being responsive versus being reactive because it gives you more say so and how you want to show up and respond to things. Yes. Yes. And uh, I mean, that, that, that point that, that you, you made that you, you have, you have a new opportunity every moment to build a better you, to give, to give yourself some leniency, to, to forgive yourself for past actions or inactions and start anew each and every time. And I, I, that is something that I often forget, you know, when we, I guess that's that's a problem that I have with you know the gamification of certain things. You get into this habit of exercising every single day or meditating every single day, but when you break that chain, suddenly that perceived value is lost. Like the last 345 days mean nothing now, and there's no point in you know starting over. And that's that is that's a mindset that I think we have to really really strive hard to break. And I know the app developers are are they're they're dead set on making sure that everything they do increases time spent in an app or on a piece of software or website. But if we can start to realize why we're doing it, we're doing it to better ourselves and we're not doing it to beat some stupid record, I think that's when we start to really find a lot of value. I do too. And I think, you know, hearing you speak right now, Trey, I'm thinking of our our mental health, our emotional well-being. It's like a metaphoric toolbox. And as many tools as you can have in that toolbox, the better, because you might not feel or it might not be the healthiest to exercise, for example, every day in the same fashion that you imagine yourself that you should be doing. That certainly some movement every day can be really nice and like a day of rest as well to let your body replenish and recharge, but to have an array of practices, like maybe sometimes it's yoga, walking, running, you know, CrossFit, lifting weights, you know, like having such an array of practices physically And then as well as emotionally, meditation or listening to something, you know, a podcast you really like so that you'll have a tool every day for whatever your need is. And you can swap those out very easily and not feel like you're ever missing out or kind of missing the mark because you're just kind of interchanging all these tools that you're adding to your toolbox throughout your lifespan to use. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
Talk to me more about your book, and I, I, I want to make sure I point out. Now, I, I would love it if you tell me the story again. Uh, your book was endorsed by His Holiness the Fourteenth Dalai Lama, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. But uh, you know, prior to that, self forgiveness I think is such an important aspect of of living our lives day to day. We can get so caught up, especially when you know anxiety is such a it's a word that everybody is familiar with in one sense or another, and it's become somewhat of an epidemic. And I think a lot of people are taking that to the extremes and obviously feeling it to the extremes too, because we have more and more inputs in our lives. So when it comes to not dwelling on, you know, our actions or inactions or words we've said or didn't said, uh, didn't say in the past, what does self-forgiveness look like from, you know, starting from the very beginning, you know, going through actually the action of it? Sure, Trey. In my book, it's called The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. And astrology is the diagnostic point, if you will, for identifying one of 12 main areas of vulnerability on a spectrum up to and including core wounding. And these are things like not feeling good enough. Despite having professional success and looking really good on paper, you never quite feel like you're enough. And so you really seek out professional accomplishment to try to help with your self-esteem. But it it feels kind of like it's a little off, like it's never quite as deeply satisfying as you hope it will be. And that can cause you to, to right. feel some, you know, low level depression or, or things that other people don't see or know about you per se, because you're perceived really well, but it's about learning to perceive yourself as being good enough. That's an example of a, of a core wounding of a vulnerability. And there's 12 of them. Some of the others have to do with uh, a wounding by abandonment. If you were abandoned, for instance, in your childhood by a parent or caretaker, either because they physically literally left or an addiction might have taken them away from attending to you. So in my book, I start with, you're going to see yourself as a container. We're all a vessel, you know, and we get to choose what we're pouring into our vessel. And I walk you through a process encouraging you to get a notebook and set aside time to read and reflect each day as I kind of walk you through some of my memories and ask you to excavate your own. Sometimes in your life where both you felt really loved by those around you, and also when you didn't feel loved, when you were rejected, when something didn't go your way, when there was a disappointment. And so I get you to start being reflective upon your life and how those experiences caused you to make meaning about yourself. You started to form beliefs about what you deserve, about what you don't deserve, how easy or hard those things are to have, to acquire. And that sets like a frequency. It sets an orbit and in your life that you habituate people, places, and things, including your employment, your relationships, based upon what you believe is true for yourself. And we can only go as far as our largest limiting beliefs. And so this astrological yeah. placement of Chiron which is found by putting your date of birth and place of birth in an interactive website you get with my book and it generates your Chiron placement, which is this vulnerability. And that's kind of like, you know, what, 
what patterns you've sourced your thoughts from and your behaviors from. And to have this awareness means that you can you can choose, you know, to start to up level, to start to heal. For some people like you, Trey, that you're a podcaster, you're a lot of us have started to heal this Chiron vulnerability or wound through our work. And you might not know it directly. It can help to know like these things that I'm doing that bring me meaning and value. They're helping me heal a part of myself that I've judged to be deficient in some way. And to have that awareness is like awesome. You you just feel really like you're on track. And then for others, you might not know what that is. So in my book, I hope to illuminate you to deeper self-awareness because that's where our, our power is to really know ourselves. And then it's through taking personal responsibility that though the things that have happened to you might not have been your fault, it's our responsibility to, to handle you know what's happened and what what's happened up until this moment in our lives. And we have choice and it's really empowering to know that you can heal from anything. You can start the process of what you want to keep and you love about yourself and you embellish that and you, you know, really praise yourself more often about what what you're loving about you and the things that you're judging to be less than. It's really learning to forgive and like that it's okay, that we're more okay than we credit ourselves for. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. I, I love, I love that. Um, and can, I, I would be I will be sure to include that link in the show notes but you said there 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 is a website where you can go uh, to um, find your Chiron placement yeah if, if you go to my website Nola therapy it stands for New Orleans Los Angeles therapy.com and there's a button I have different buttons for the various things I offer and there's a button order my book if you click on that button it'll take you to a narrative about my book and the interactive website. There's also a chart in the book to help you find your Chiron based upon your date of birth. So once you get it, it's there. But you can go check it out now at nolatherapy.com to see if this material resonates with you. And it's been really powerful to just understand our patterns. We all have patterns, no matter who you are. And it's about you know, really um, making sure our patterns are those that we want to engage in and that we're not just living our lives by default, you know, like stuff running in the background, like a program that that doesn't serve you anymore. And we want to, you know, just be aware of what those patterns and programs are in our thinking so that we can live our best lives and, and be available to just all the abundance the universe wants to meet us with in this world and and share with us and give to us and and such. I wonder what you think about that. I think it's phenomenal and that that, that analogy is one that very much resonates with me. I spend all day on my computer um, making websites and you know when I've left my computer on for too long or when I when I leave you know one of the larger design apps open and I come back to the computer it's just it, it's so slow and that is such a great metaphor for how we treat ourselves day in and day out. I can think speaking specifically in relation to how I see this for the longest time, I was so driven to get home from work and, you know, open a beer, open a bottle of wine and just drink, drink the rest of my night away. I, I wouldn't necessarily have considered myself an alcoholic, but it was certainly taking up time and space and mental energy in my life where I, where as opposed to that, I could have been, you know, trying to accomplish certain goals I had. And so two years ago, I decided to, you know, go ahead and close that app and move it out of my life. And it was just such an improvement. And so I I think 
having an audit or some sort of auditing system where you kind of evaluate, you know, what is pulling at your 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 the your attention span, what is pulling at your emotions, your feelings, and putting words to those to those uh, apps or programs, and actually acknowledging that they exist, you can work to start to close them. And that, I don't know the way you said that very much resonated with me. I'm glad. I like what you're saying too about the details of, you know, because we are like, I see us as a container, a vessel, like this, um, you know, and computer is a little hard for me because I see a computer as being so inan- inanimate and we're like this super animated, yeah. you know, like really dynamic system of being and we're, we're both physical and non-physical and to really have an awareness of that intersection between like our physical reality and non-physical reality, which is energy, which is vibration. And you know, this is true that even right now, if you take your hands and just rub them together back and forth, like you're trying to make heat and you just rub them, like like, do that as, as you're listening and then stop and move your hands away from each other and closer. And you can even feel like there's there's energy there. And we are, we have an electromagnetic field. We're always vibrating out energy. And we're also attracting back what is on the similar frequency, which hertz is a unit of measurement that measures frequency. And this is so powerful, Trey, to just give an example that genetic biochemists are using the frequency of 528 hertz to repair damaged and broken DNA that 528 hertz is the vibration. It is the frequency of love. The emotion of love has a vibration and it's healing DNA. The vibration of worry has a vibration. Fear, when we're feeling happy, these things are actually measurable by science and they affect our whole body system. If you think about feeling anxiety and panic. That's usually in your heart space, tension in your heart that leads to heart conditions and physical manifestations of of stressful thinking. And that's why this is so important. I talk in my book about how we think up to 60,000 thoughts per day. Some scientists say even more. And that we're not going to ha- we're not going to be able to be have be aware of all of those and we don't need to if you just capture one or two thoughts that cause you to feel that stress feeling so you can interrupt that cycle and release that thought i'm i choose not to think that and i replace it with a sense of trust i talk about a releasing and replacing technique of thoughts where you're going to release a fear based thought like What's one, Trey? Is there something that comes up for you or someone you know? Like whenever that thought comes up, it, it's, it doesn't feel good and we can work with a live example. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I am an entrepreneur and there are times when even though there's it's not grounded in reality, there will be times where I fear that I'm going to fail at my business, I'm going to lose it all, and I'm going to have to work for somebody again. And it's just, it's an irrational fear that pops up from time to time and I, I have to shut it down. Okay, great example. So obviously that thought doesn't feel good. It doesn't serve you, Correct. Right. Correct. So instead of having the thought, I'm going to fail and end up having to work for someone, what would you like to replace that thought with? What is affirming and supporting 
for you? You know, I, I think a good example would be I am living the life that I've always dreamt of living. I've got a I've got a nice disposable income. I I am holding true to my integrity and values. And I essentially, you know, I get to live by my own personal mantra. I get to do what I want when I want. And that feels really good to remind myself of that and actually, you know, be able to live that. So what would be one small sentence? And I am to, to replace whenever it comes up, I'm going to fail and have to work for someone. What's a little bite, like a little, a few words that really are like, nope, kind of like the opposite of that. Like in a tiny sentence. That I I'm am gonna, thriving. I am thriving. I'd like you to write that down. Yes. And that's what you put on a sticky note and put inside your bathroom mirror, in your wallet. I am thriving on your phone as even a screensaver on your computer. I am thriving. And that's what you're going to instill into your subconscious mind because it's the subconscious mind that has that thought, I'm going to fail and have to work for someone. There's still like a tiny part of the subconscious mind, you know, that's, that's like, has some doubt. And so you're, you're releasing that part of your subconscious mind and you're releasing the belief that I am thriving and life is going to start to show you in ways yet to be seen and felt how you are thriving more and more. And this is exactly how we start to live a different frequency and vibration. Exactly this process. I love that. And I, I just wrote it down in my notebook and I promise you, I will write it down on a sticky and I will, I will hang it up. I appreciate you sharing that. You know, you're welcome, Trey. And even going back to earlier in the show, when you mentioned you have a belief, which is so beautiful that things have always worked out, things like they've just always worked out. The one I've carried around in my wallet for at least one year, maybe longer, is everything is always working out for me. And whenever something happens, Trey, it might be an email I get or don't get, and I'm hoping for, it might be whatever it is. And it feels at first like, oh, like, I don't like this. And I go back to, you know what? Everything is working out for me. This is working out for me. And I'll say it out loud. This situation, it is working out for me. And I'm just looking, I'm taking score a little too soon because things are still being coming into place. And I just choose to believe and claim that this is working out for me. And it can really help you with the daily dealings of life as they come up, as people, as relationships, you know, things come up to have kind of like a mantra that you that you lean on to really help you bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to go. I find that to be really helpful. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And you know, when something doesn't necessarily go your way, it obviously does not feel great in the moment. But if you're able in retrospect, I can't think of a great example right off the top of my head, but in retrospect, you think about what didn't go right and you think about the results of that, hopefully at times or most of the time, you're able to realize that the outcome of that particular situation, the one that you landed with is the better of the two options anyway. So what you may have thought that you wanted initially, you actually ended up with something even better. And I, I know that's not always the case, but it just goes back to you know that sort of mentality that things generally tend to work out. And if we're able to look at the bright side without being... I don't want to, I don't want to convey being overly optimistic but having the sense that okay this may not have gone the way I wanted but something better I will I guess manifest something better for me that I, I think is going to work out better for me in the end. 
What I, and I'm talking about. I'm glad you brought this up because what I'm what I'm suggesting is a bit different from that because. Number okay. one, we're, we're always manifesting, you know, like it or not, we're always manifesting the life that we're living is based upon the thoughts that we've thought and the beliefs we've had, you know, up until this moment. And like we're living that life in our physical reality based upon our beliefs. So your life is going to show you kind of where you're at with how abundant, you know, you believe you deserve, how much abundance you deserve, how much love you deserve. And so when things manifest that are undesirable, I don't, it doesn't necessarily mean, okay, like, sure, there's, there's finding the silver lining, which can help you feel better in the moment as a bridge to kind of get you right. through to the next moment. What I'm suggesting is based upon what's manifested, I want to create and recreate this because I see the thoughts that I've had led me to this manifestation, which doesn't feel as good as what I'd really love to experience. So it's in meditation that we can start to visualize and vision what is my desired outcome for this situation? How, how do I wish it to be? And really start to feel into that with all of your emotions, with all of your body. Like if, if I can have the best outcome, since I can have the best outcome, what do I imagine it to be? And as you spend your days, your weeks, and your months even visualizing on these specific situations in your life, the desired outcomes, it really does shift reality to start to move and come into place for things that already manifested once as like not so desirable, they can shift and come back into arrangement in a different way that actually is what you want. And that length of time is based upon just the factors of sometimes people, places, and things need to kind of get the memo too from the universe and everyone's free will is being accounted for. You know, so it's like as you're on this yeah. vibrational path of visioning and visualizing, it's changing you. You know, so as you go through this process, you're going to start to have different insights and awarenesses. And that changing of yourself is what starts to call life to you and through you in some new and different ways where you're able to really appreciate the silver linings, not from like, you know, this is just positive thinking, but it's actually really feeling right. good to you versus manufacturing it. Yeah, and that's a, that's a very good distinction that you articulated beautifully, and I that was unable unable to do so. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I, you know, I, I do remember a time when it. I, I know I expressed, you know, within last five or six years, I, I've felt like things generally work out, but there was a time in my life where I felt like change was impossible. That I would be stuck in the same, you know, routine or same ruts where even if I wanted to work for myself, for example, I just didn't have it in me. And so it very much was that, that mindset or mentality that things can change. It was, it was thinking and meditating on the things that actually wanted to happen before I realized what it actually took to get there. So that, that, that practice is so completely important to actually making that happen. It is, you know, and I can cite to be just vulnerable and transparent, like a, a specific example for those of you listening, that's like, okay, this is really woo woo for me. And it is, and take, take what works, leave the rest. But in my life, one of the challenges, uh, challenges slash now I see opportunities that I've gotten to figure out yeah. is in the realm of finances. And I talk openly in my book that I had a drug addiction 
stemming from trauma and abuse in my childhood that I didn't know how to cope with in more healthy ways until starting therapy um, in my 20s and still diverting back, reverting back to, to drug use to just kind of cover that pain and just kind of get through it. And, and it caused me a lot of financial hardship like spending money on drugs instead of on my bills and getting in credit card debt. And it's just been in the recent month that I've been able, I've been meditating for my financial abundance, for the clarity, for like, I quit drugs seven years ago, totally. And it's like not even a part or desire of my life. And, you know, like universe, I had to forgive myself for making these poor financial decisions that I just keep beating myself up about. And it didn't help anything. It kept making that problem magnify. And finally, in the last year, I'm like, you know what? I I knew what I knew, and I'm just going to forgive myself and start over. Like, universe, help me with money, and I am about to be debt-free in this next couple of months, if not sooner. And the universe brought just some opportunities for me to be able to pay those debts off and be free and clear and have like a second chance at life. And so I'm telling you what I'm sharing, it works. If you commit yourself to the time and the practice, your life will change and it will be fucking amazing. Oh man! First of all, congratulations, Lisa, for for ridding yourself of drugs. Um, I, I that's 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 no small feat. I, I I've never. I've I've never been addicted to drugs, but I, I I've spoken with a number of people on this podcast who have and who have overcome and people who work with drug addicts day to day, and that is not something that is easily done. So congratulations to you for for getting to this healthy place in your life. Thank I'm, you. I'm so proud to to hear that. Absolutely, and I mean, and congratulations also for being virtually debt free. I mean that that is another you know thing within this country in particular that we have major problems with. So that is such a huge compliment. I too am getting close to that myself. And it it feels so incredibly good to be able to take control and take your finances by the reins instead of letting them control you. So that's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you for providing the space that absolutely. I can share that. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's, it's such a great message. Um, you know, I, I know uh, we've already been talking for 45 minutes here and it's just flown by. But as I mentioned, I, I did want to, I would love it if you would share the story about how uh, your your book was endorsed by the Dalai Lama. I think, I mean, that's 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 a huge credit to your name and to the book. And I, I think that's uh, absolutely phenomenal to hear. And um, I, and I, you know, I, I do want to point out, I'm looking forward to reading your book as well. And I, I very much appreciate all of the positivity uh, that you're putting into this world. Thank you, Trace. Thank you so much. And for to receive the endorsement of his holiness i actually set it as an intention that when i thought about my book who alive today in this world would i love to endorse my book and the dalai lama came to mind and i think i burst out laughing and i was like oh, okay lisa like okay the dalai lama like you got this is <laughs> okay and and i i thought you know what like it's worth a try. And the honest truth is that I was able to find his his email from researching and I just sent an off the cuff email with a PDF of my book. And the second that I hit send, I was like, you're, you're not going to hear from him. Like your energy, you're not in the right place. And I just knew it. And it was like, okay, okay. Who do I need to become to receive the endorsement of the right. Dalai Lama? This is like my little mission. Like what needs to happen? And I started to, you know, my morning meditation that we already talked about, just started to ask, like, what does this, how do I make, how do I not make this happen or how do I receive this? 
And I started to hear Trey, and it was surprising. It was it was an almost two-year process where I just kind of heard in my mind, in my inner self, you need to start um, treating when your internet goes down. And you're on the phone for 45 minutes with like AT&T or the internet service provider. You know, you get really short and rude. You need to be more compassionate to the people you don't know when you need something that's yeah. stressful, because I imagine the Dalai Lama to embody compassion, like compassion, live, living compassion on in human form. And so for me, it was about how do I need to be more compassionate, number one, towards others. But the other side of that coin that emerged over that two-year period was how do I need to be more compassionate to myself? And as I started to yeah. make those choices and show up differently I just started to feel like, oh my God, the Dalai Lama, like this is happening just energetically, vibrationally. Like I felt I could start seeing the email coming. And it was one morning I had meditated and I kind of heard him say, not audibly, but in like, you know, in your mind, you, you're imagining things. Yes. And I heard him say, send me my book, Lisa, send me your book. I want to read it. So I sent a new email two years later from a much different place within myself of, you know, your endorsement would mean so much because I've been going through this process of becoming more compassionate to others and to myself. And I, I wondered if you would consider reading it. And And it was in less than a month that his representative sent me his letter, a beautiful letter of endorsement. And it was like such a confirmation that these principles and practices work when you start to to live them, you know, really start changing yourself to, to become, to live this way. So that's how it happened. That's an, that's an amazing story. And I, and I, I couldn't remember the exact context that we had spoken about the short temperedness, uh, previously. And I, I only bring that up because I am the same way And this, our, our initial conversation has resonated with me and the, I don't remember when we spoke a few weeks ago, but I, I've continued to think about it and I've continued to Yes, again, beat myself up over it because I've found myself being very uh, short-tempered lately, and I, it's 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 so it's been so important to me to to kind of, well, I shouldn't say it's been important for me to fixate on it. It's been important to me to find a solution for it, and again, again, that goes back to the last you know hour in which we've spoken to kind of have some of those answers. But I, it's it also helpful to realize that other people who are in this space, people who practice this daily, are you know nobody is perfect in essence. You know, I'm, I'm sure even the Dalai Lama himself would admit that. But sure, it's when we're able to have compassion for ourselves and for others, that's when we're really able to make that progress. I think. Yeah, I agree too, Trey. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I guess my, I, I do want to ask, I mean, is that something that I, I guess in, in a, in essence, you know, helping, I'm asking this in, in a manner of helping me feel better. I mean, is that okay. something that you continue to fight with or not fight with, but to, to try to work on daily uh, or c continually work on yourself, finding that compassion for others, finding compassion for yourself and it finding is. your compassion for, you know, things that, is it okay? Yeah, I was I was curious about that. It is, and like empathy, I think of it as empathy is when you kind of when you're able to set aside like your thoughts and beliefs and how you would do something and put yourself in that other person's shoes if it has to do with someone else and like knowing you know their background, their life experiences, what life has caused them to believe is true for them up to this moment. 
you know, like that, that caused them to do something that, that hurt you, for example, or angered you. And it doesn't mean you're saying it's okay, but it allows you like a bird's eye view into their psyche, into their mind and heart. Like, okay, since they're believing maybe life isn't safe or people screw me over, like, you know, I can see why they would have not done that or, or done that to me. And it just helps you, you know, like feel into, okay, this isn't okay, but I I just see how you got there. And the same with yourself. It's not like, you know, saying everything you do is okay and it doesn't matter how you treat people, but it's really deeply understanding it. It's from our wounds that we wound others. It's from our hurt that we hurt others. It's from our fear that we hurt others and do things that, you know, aren't kind or aren't, you know, really with the fullness of, what love is being, you know, patient and kind and such. And just really each day, especially with yourself, you know, really like understanding and giving yourself some allowance, you know, sometimes you might just be tired. Are you doing too many things? Do you need to get your, get some more sleep so that, you know, you're able to just do a few things each day and do them well versus 10 things that you're kind of half-assing because you feel like you need to do that to be successful. Like really changing that landscape of your life and your expectations so they reflect more of who you are and, and instead of who you should be, you know, in this pushing yourself, like we do so much in the U.S., like this achievement and this, you know, constant self-improvement. Like what about imagining like I'm good enough as I am right now and just kind of resting in that some more? Yes. Yes, absolutely. We, you know, there, I think there's a time and place and obviously a special person who can do this, but I, it's not something I would ever recommend for myself or others. Just that, that, that grind mentality that I need to constantly be growing and scaling and, and doing more and more things. And I, I got caught up in that for a while before I realized that wasn't actually what I wanted in my life. And what I wanted was a bit of simplicity and, uh, of, of knowing what I can expect and knowing how to be a little bit predictable so I can, you know, plan my day in a way that actually is going to feel good for me. And I, I think, being honest with, my, with myself in that regard kind of helped me get there. I love what you're saying. And there, I'm sure there was a time when you needed to grind, you know, just thinking about the seasons of life. There are times where it's okay. If this yeah. is what you feel like you really need to do, then you go for it. Have awareness. I think it's it's most important to have awareness of what's motivating you as much as you can. And sometimes that insight comes after the fact when something doesn't feel good or goes sideways, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I see what was going on there. So just kind of mentally note those things. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Lisa, I cannot thank you enough for this conversation. It's been such a joy getting to know you and chatting for a bit. Um, Before I do let you go, though, I do have a few closing questions. And the first one I want to ask, I, you know, I try to be as much of a resource for my guests as they have been for me because I've loved this conversation. And so I always want to ask if there is somebody listening across the country or the world who has heard this and they say, hey, I can help Lisa. What is it they could do to help you? What resources are you looking for to continue to continue your personal growth? Trey, I appreciate your question and, and this opportunity. What I would love to attract is someone listening that has expertise, resources in the area of I I have a US patent on an invention I created for people who are in wheelchairs to be able to uh have 
to be able to access glass blowing. I'm a glass artist on the side. It's like my passion to blow glass, to cast glass as an art form. And I noticed that people in wheelchairs, they, they, they're not able to do that. There's no Americans with Disability Act, ADA kind of compliant workbench. Yeah. So it took me 10 years, but I received a U.S. patent on a bench that people can be in their own wheelchair. I paid for a prototype to be made. I had it sent here to New Orleans, and I even have a nonprofit called the Yes Foundation that I maintain the IRS tax status, but I'm not sure how to get this invention in the world. Like People who are in wheelchairs that need this modified bench to either learn to blow glass in a glass studio if you're listening and, and want one, or to even use it as a table if you like work on things. It, it can be adapted. So I'd love some help how to bring to market my invention and um, just help because I feel like I don't even know what's the next step. And I would love that guidance. Absolutely. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to chat with you after this. There is somebody I know who has done something very similar. So there may be a good connection there, but uh, I, I will certainly mention yes, for sure. Um, and then my next question for you, if you can name one book that's just had a profound impact in your life, what would that book be and why? Trey, with 100% certainty, I can say a life-changing book that I highly, highly recommend, like highlight, Asterix underscore would be a book called The Master Key System in 24 parts. It's by an author named Charles Hanel, H-A-A-N-E-L. And he is one of the new thought movement authors from the 20s. And his students were people like Dale Carnegie and Neville Goddard and Napoleon Hill Think and Grow Rich. They all studied Charles Hanel and his mind principles. You spoke as well earlier, like training our minds to be this really beautiful place for us to launch from. And I have been studying this book the past year. I read it every morning and it's changing my life. And I'd love it. I'd love you listening to have that experience as well. Absolutely. I, I had not heard of that before, so I, I very much appreciate it. And I will I will, of course, uh, I, I will grab it as well. I, I thank you. I, it's those names that you mentioned are some of the people that I've long respected. So I, I look forward to kind of getting an idea of you know what it was they studied and how how it brought so much success to their lives. So I appreciate you sharing that. You're welcome. That's what I wanted to know too, Trey. Like, who did these people study? And I was led to Charles Hanel, and I was like, oh my gosh, okay, that's where I'm gonna go to as well. That's perfect. Awesome. Well, um, one last question for you, Lisa. Uh, if you could leave the audience with a call to action, either one that you live your life by or that you implore others to live their lives by, what would it be? Yeah, you know, I'm going to suggest, Trey, and it's really in alignment with our whole conversation, get a journal and make it your manifestation journal. It doesn't have to be fancy. It could be if you like that kind of thing, but a notebook that is right. just for as you start to incorporate some of the things we've talked about and things you're already doing in your life or new tips you pick up throughout your experience as things manifest that really make you happy to document them. It, it, it really helps to remind ourselves of the successes, of the awesome things that happen because that can help you in a moment where you're feeling a little you know, a little weak or less than to remember all of the, the wonderful things that have manifested to encourage more of it. 
Absolutely. And it's, it can be so easy too when things aren't going well to convince yourself that nothing ever goes well. So if you have a record of all the things that your wins, your successes, the things that you have manifested, it's it, you're able to rewrite that story in your brain. And I, I, yes. that's, uh, that, that can be so powerful moving forward. It is. Yes. Well, perfect. Uh, Lisa, if people would like to get a hold of you, if they would like to find out more information about you, if they'd like to purchase your book, what is the best place for somebody to find you online? Sure, Trey. People are welcome to you know Google my name, Lisa Tahir, or just go to my website, which is nolatherapy.com. As we mentioned before, it stands for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. And NOLA Therapy is also my handle on Instagram, my YouTube channel, and on Facebook. And Trey, I would love to offer your listeners, if anyone wants to work with me, I'm a licensed therapist for over 20 years and I do virtual sessions on Zoom and by phone. I'd love to offer you half off a first session if you mention Trey, the Mosaic Life podcast for any first time clients to just, you know, see what it's like if you want to work together and and talk about some of these things. I'd love to offer that to, to your audience. That's perfect. I so appreciate that. And I I will have all of that in the show notes and I I will make sure that people know exactly how to reach you. And again, Lisa, thank you so much, just not only for this conversation, but all everything that you're doing in this world and all you're contributing to it. It means the world to me personally, as well as I'm, I'm sure to many others. Thank you so much. You were awesome. Again, please help me thank Lisa for joining me on the podcast. It was such a wonderful conversation, and I am so thankful that she has already allowed me to get so much out of it. I hope the same holds true in your own life. If you would like to learn more about Lisa and find the resources that she offers, please visit themosaiclifepodcast.com where you can find the full list of show notes and all of the links that Lisa mentioned. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That helps the podcast continue growing. And of course, I appreciate all of your support. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen. It absolutely means the world to me. And until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.